Ready? Welcome back to the Diaries of the Wild Ones. Once again, I'd like to give a big thank you to Wild Earth Australia for supporting me and the adventurous lifestyle. What I love about Wild Earth is that they remind me of when I was a child and I'd go into Toy World or Toys R Us and get lost in this world of endless possibilities. The same thing happens to me now with Wild Earth. The other night I got stuck in this two-hour vortex where I was looking at their catalogue on the website and dreaming about future adventures, hiking, camping, running, kayaking, survival... Anything to do with outdoor adventure, these guys have it. So to say thank you to the listeners, we are offering a 10% discount code. So next time you need anything for your outdoor adventure, go to wildearth.com.au and put in the discount code Diaries of the Wild Ones, all one word, capital letters. They ship internationally and have free shipping Australia-wide. Okay, Eric Sharman is a guy following his dreams. For years, he dreamt about riding his motorbike from his home in Oregon all the way down to Patagonia. And I was lucky enough to join him for part of his trip and hear about this epic adventure. So enjoy. You can, you can kind of get comfortable, move it how you want. Yeah, you're comfortable? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting a little comfy. Do you reckon you can hear those waves in the background too much? You don't know, no, it's kind of a nice little white noise back there. Yeah, well, we're sitting on the beach in Mexico. In Rio Nexpa. Rio Nexpa, yeah. That's a, that's a spot Oregonians always have to go to, I guess. Yeah. When in Mexico, yes, light that joint. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like when in fucking when in Mexico, just do as the Mexicans do. Surf and get high all day. They enjoy their life a lot, you know. They're here every weekend partying. Yeah. Yeah, actually Mexicans are having a great time. That's yeah. what I really like about them. They they drink all weekend down the beach. Yeah. They drink all week too, just in the city. Yeah, they're they're a bad influence, actually. <laughs> These guys, I swear, this whole time in Mexico, I've just drunk beer and surfed. Yeah, but I'm no, not complaining. No, no, fuck. I have drank a lot of beer this trip, though. Yeah. I've been high pretty much every day. Fuck, I can't say that. I've been high pretty much every day since I left. Yeah, right. Shit, that's a good thing. <laughs> Do you feel it's a good thing for your life? I think it's a good thing for the surf trip. <laughs> oh yeah oh fuck and the surf trip's kind of fucking <coughs> everything right now I don't know yeah so well that's the whole point of this fucking that's the whole point of this podcast is your trip yeah where'd you get it's... the idea so what okay so what's the trip let's start from the basis yeah no so basically I just wanted to surf every not every wave but surf everywhere I could between my home in Oregon and Chile so you're from Oregon Oregon, Oregon. Yeah, I'm Oregon. from a, <laughs> Oregon. What's your origin? Origin. <laughs> My origin is Oregon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and a uh, little small redneck coastal town in Oregon. And uh, cold water. I like surfing cold water. So I just. I'm done. I'm putting that. Yeah, out. I'm pretty. I'm pretty set. Um, and my brother spent a lot of time in Chile, and I did a trip to visit him when I was in high school, and. Uh, Got a little bit of surf down there, and it's pretty epic, so I so wanted to go back. How old are you now? 
I'm 23 right now. Didn't you just turn 24? Oh, fuck. I'd say it was two days ago. I'm 24. <laughs> Stoner bashing time. <laughs> yeah, I guess I turned 24 a couple of days ago. Yeah. Well, that's I, the thing. Like, even now, I don't know what day it is. I, I, I really like... This is a holiday and a holiday, man. Yeah. I've lost what day it is. All time. No, I totally forgot until... Brenny asked me which time, what time it was, and I looked at my watch, and I was like, oh, fuck, it's my birthday. I'm 24. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's see, so you're 24, and yeah. you, so when you were younger in high school, you go to Chile. Yeah, I go to Chile, and I, I stay at Pichi Lamu at a hostel that my brother had worked at, and he'd lived down there for a while, and then he was off in Patagonia doing some... Is that the one I got kicked out of? Mountaineering. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anton, this fucking Olympic medalist skier, uh, owns legend. these hostels down there. He's a legend, and... He lets us use his place in, in Baja. He's yeah. got this van that we can tow down to the point. And oh, like oh live so in that's Baja. the guy. That's the guy. Like, and he drives his Cadillac around Baja. Yeah, what like, a legend. Yeah, he's a really good guy oh, when I was there. Crazy cool guy. Hey, um, he's nuts, though. For an old dude, he parties with everybody. I yeah. Think. Well, he allowed us to have a five-day... I was, really, I was really young. <laughs> I was 20. So 12 years ago, we were in Chile, and he just, we were the first people to stay at that hostel, and it was over New Year's, so we ended up with a, having a party, this banner that went for like four or five days, with a whole bunch of other Aussie, Australians that we met, yeah. and I think on the fifth day, he, just, he was like, that's it guys, you're all out, I'm sorry. Because was it supposed to be like a nice, it was this nicer hotel, it was supposed to be the nicer of the two, right? That you... <coughs> no, no, it was the hostel one, it was just oh, like... Okay. We are taking the piss a bit. <laughs> I don't blame the guy. I was young. We're all young. We're just... Just having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... So did that trip down there give you the inspiration? So no, not really. Into the trip that you're that doing kinda, now? That kind of gave me the destination, but not necessarily the inspiration. So it just made you want to go back to Chile one Yeah, day. it made me want to go back to Chile. But um, my first trip to Baja ever, the guy had kind of taught me how to surf. He took me to Baja and... Uh, I don't know, he ta- yeah, he changed my life, but he, uh, on the way back, he was like, you gotta plan your next trip now, because if you don't plan your next trip while you're on a trip, then you're gonna get in this little cycle of home life where you don't go on a trip, right? Is that how he changed your life, by, like, reaffirming to you that it's just okay just to let go and just go yeah. out and just travel oh. and have fun? I mean, the dude, he's traveled everywhere and, like, lived in every country for surfing, pretty much, and sailed from like all over the Pacific Ocean from Oregon down to the South Pacific Islands just for surf and like yeah. so this guy's inspired you oh he totally inspired me and he t- inspired me to learn Spanish and everything and like get me on that path and uh anyway he told me I needed to plan my next trip and he asked me what I wanted to do and I, I told him I wanted to ride a motorcycle to uh Central America and then after Chile I, I changed it to Chile and made it longer yeah right so what did he say about that? <laughs> he was he was, he was kind of stoked, but he was he he instantly gets kind of jealous and takes over, and he's like, "Oh, this is how I would do the trip. This is how I would do the trip." And he's like, trying to like set up the trip for me. Yeah. And I was like, "No, not that could work, but this is how I want to do the trip." So, so he kind of got into it. How long ago was he? Like, how long ago was the thought implanted into your mind to grab a motorbike and ride from Oregon down to Patagonia? Um. Realistically speaking, I was 16 and I was taking a piss at his house and I look up and I'm kind of just sitting there taking a piss and there's a picture of a dude riding a motorcycle across a suspension bridge with a mo- with a surfboard on the side of it and he's in Costa Rica. It says Costa Rica on the picture and it's him from when he was a kid. Really? Yeah, and uh, it was after his, his 
first wife left him and his dad died. So his buddies put it put a money in a pot and bought him a plane ticket to Costa Rica so he could like kind of get his head straight again. Oh, what good day. And they sent him to Costa Rica and he uh, got a bike and just lived in Costa Rica for a while until he met his met another girl. And now they're married and have two kids and they're stoked on each other. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's a happy dude now. But uh, I saw that and my 16-year-old brain just starts firing off like yeah. motorcycle, surfboard, fucking tropical waves. Like Freedom. Freedom. That's like ultimate, right? I can ride down to any little cove. I can like get any wave and camp the whole way. So right now you're... You've been in planning for this dream trip for seven years, pretty I've been, much. I've been dreaming about it for about seven years, and I've been actually planning for about three to four. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, okay, so what's what was the first like planning process? When you actually committed, you just went, okay, that's it, I'm doing it. I learned how to ride street bikes. I'd grown up riding like kind of off-road yeah. a little bit, and then I was like, well, I guess I need to get my street motorbike license. So I started riding motorbikes on the street like four years ago and was just started trying to get as comfortable as I could with riding motorbikes so I would buy and rebuild like old Japanese bikes yeah right and then sell them to make a little money I made made some money off a couple and then riding those and getting comfortable on the street I finally made enough money to buy the bike I have now for the trip how's you just going for a dream has taught you so much in your life as in oh being God. that 16-year-old kid and having this dream, just a goal to, like, look up to, a goal to, like, kind of head for, has put you through, like, learning how to ride a motorbike. It's put you through learning how to fix a motorbike. It's put you through all these things just by having that dream. Like just a, so I can achieve it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Isn't no, that it, brilliant? That's what a dream, people. <laughs> dream big. <laughs> no, right. it's true, though. Like, like, I had one goal, but to get that goal, I had so many things to learn. Learning Because it wasn't just, like, a small goal. It was this massive thing you know 10 years out that i wanted to plan for so i was like oh i better learn how to fix a motorcycle i better learn how to communicate with people so i can get like free places to stay and like good connections and like yeah. meet is, meet the locals and stuff is and that why you majored in spanish partly yeah so you 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 did a marine biology degree so i got i got three when I, in my bachelor's degree i got three emphases which were marine biology human physiology and spanish so triple major yeah and then uh, kind of the marine bio, just so that would allow me to study on the coast, because the college in Oregon for marine biology that's associated with the university is in my hometown, so I could just live at home and go to school and surf like the local breaks where I grew up. It was pretty epic oh, um, through college. And then Spanish helps me. Like, I just love, I fell in love with the language. I lived in Spain right after high school yeah. and uh, just fell in love with the language. Yeah. So I thought I'd get a major in it. Did it have anything to do with Spanish women? Well, <laughs> don't lie to me, mother. <laughs> there may have been one. Right. Or okay, two. so um, <laughs> no, it's brilliant. It's just brilliant. So, um, but you weren't just working as a marine biologist just before that. This where, where I'm getting at is so interesting, is because now that like I'm kind of piecing together this dream that you've had, yeah. I realize that you're also working. Weren't you working like a couple of jobs at once? Yeah, so well, I worked all through undergrad. I did, I've been bartending since the beginning of my undergrad. Um, and I worked the whole time. And then, kind of towards the end of my undergrad, I got a couple little jobs uh, doing research. Uh, the first, I did um, a small grant, like undergraduate study for Bureau of Land Management over in Oregon. Uh, and that was on snowy plovers. So I. Um, on the bird. On the bird, yeah, on their nesting habitat on the Oregon coast. And uh, I got a grant for them. and. It got I I got paid and it was 
pretty sweet, uh, but there was a lot of bureaucracy involved in kind of BLM. And if you wanted to pursue that as a career, you got to work there for so long before you actually get a permanent position. Otherwise, you're just seasonally rehired. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of sketchy that way. And then, and then I did some lab tech stuff at the University of Oregon in a lab. Um, and the professor, I love. I was a great experience. I loved the experience, and uh, I felt like a mad scientist because I'm basically making cells glow in the dark so I can take oh, cool sh- pictures of them. You showed me that video. Yeah, it's kind of trippy. Yeah. So this this guy is a genius, and we just sit in the sit in the lab and drink whiskey together and like yeah, do right. research just at the university in broad daylight. Kind of weird. Brilliant? It's kind of epic. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was doing those. I was doing those and bartending before this trip to kind of save money and and get some experience in marine bio <laughs> so the whole time you're just the whole time you're just saving money saving money where yeah. was the point when you realized like how did you figure out what budget you're going to need like how much money you're going to need yeah so i think i started saving for this trip two years ago i've always just saved for trips in general like i've always had a baja trip kind of stashed away actually i got this little wooden box that my grandpa made and i always keep enough money to get to baja and back in it like really? always really? so if something goes to shit and I have like a two week break I'm like well my girlfriend just dumped me so I'm gonna go to Baja and I just Damn. always have a cash Baja fund ready to go it's still there I didn't That's use it for this idea. trip so when I get home and I get bummed out Baja right there really yeah like couple weeks after i get home if i'm like bumming on being home That's a brilliant little yeah. Yeah. I always stash a trip somewhere Yeah yeah So how did you figure out how much money you're going to need Um I kind of told myself that I wanted to try and do it pretty minimal that and I didn't want to save that much because it was kind of broke um, but I, I said 10 bucks a day for food and then I said um, I want a few like three grand left over for shit that may happen yeah um, and then I need three bucks a day for gas and two bucks a day for lodging so knowing that-, that I'm gonna camp as much as I can most of the way so it'll kind of average out and then same for gas like sometimes I'll be moving a lot and sometimes I won't ride the bike for three days yeah so the whole part of the trip. So you've worked out if you're going to do a motorbike trip and you're going to be, you're taking a tent, you're taking just the essentials so you can camp. So the main idea is to camp as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. To camp as much as I can for a couple of reasons. One, it saves money. And then two, I just like being outside and being disconnected from everything. Yeah. Part of the trip is also just being not real. having my phone with me all the time and just being bored and being, being alone and like getting to know that aspect of life, just being bored and lonely and figuring out how to, and you smoking know, weed, cope with that. <laughs> Which is, and then you smoke a bunch of weed, and, and you're not bored, and you're not lonely anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's the loneliest thing you did? You downloaded Tinder, didn't you? I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's not no, good. No, it. yeah. <laughs> oh, what town uh, was that? Uh, no. what, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Fuck. Where were we? Oh, yeah. The budget. So ten bucks yeah. a day, but so that's US. No, so, yeah, so that's, about, that's about 180 Mexican pesos a day. Yeah. And yeah. so you've worked it out this for how long? So the whole trip, how long have you planned this trip to be? Right. So that my budget gets me um, 18 months, which is basically every surf season. And then I've got a, a little couple little things lined up in Chile um, that maybe can extend that trip. So basically working for room and board or working for enough to get room and board covered. Yeah. So I won't be saving any money, but it'll be breaking even yeah. in terms of living. Um, so you're two months in right now. How how's the budget going? Are you like recording this? Like, l- I mean, kind of just in my head, a generalized yeah. trend of where the budget's going, and I'm, I'm I'm a bit over right now. But I think that's just because California is pretty expendy, and it's hard to do ten bucks a day on food in the states. Yeah. Um, and then I've also been moving a lot. Like I haven't, you know, 
locked down one spot yet and parked the bike for a couple weeks. I've been riding pretty consistently. Yeah. So I've used more gas money on average than I will later. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make you nervous? <laughs> no, not <laughs> really. Just because I kind of, when I left for the trip, I said, if the trip changes and I don't go to Chile, if I only make it to Costa Rica just because I had a hell of a good time in Mexico yeah. and just stayed there too long or wasted too much money, then that was the trip. Well, it's just finding that balance as well. Yeah. And it's understanding. It's like not just trying to take the cheapest option for everything. Just understand. Because yeah. like you haven't held back the last few days with us. We've been having a no, pretty good exactly. time. But we've been doing it pretty cheap as well. But like No, but when the opportunity presents itself, it's like, I guess I can, you know, go a little cheaper later yeah. down the road and splurge now you know that's why it's all about the averages i'm not trying to stick to any plan i'm just trying to average it out so it works yeah yeah so yeah. um so budget wise so that took you two years to save that mm-hmm. and then so you pretty much just so three grand just in case anything have you like in this budget did you have to work out like how often the bike's going to need to be maintained how much it's going to cost for maintenance yeah so tires were kind of a big cost you know because it's like 180 bucks a tire and uh and then the bike's going to break down and when it breaks down, I'm going to have to fix it or probably get a part or pay to fix it. Um, so what bike, what bike are you on? I'm on a DR650. It's a Suzuki. Uh, it's a 2000, so it's kind of old, but I got it um, with only 7,000 miles on it. Yeah. Yeah, so... So can you... So this bike, so having a 650, it's kind of... I would think it's a bit big and heavy, but if you're carrying all whole heap of camping equipment and surfboards and everything, like, does it do the job? Is that like... Yeah. Yeah, it does the job. It's a, it is a pig. Um, Did you when have you get to in the sand, and it, like when you get in the sand, it is heavy. Yeah. You notice it, and you can't ride a soft sand just rip around. Um, but yeah, I modified it so it, it does handle the weight and it handles off road pretty well. So I stiffened up the suspension a ton and raised it a bit, um, and then just made it way more comfortable. So were you kind of trying to find the balance in every kind of condition you exactly would be in? Yeah, because because I knew I wanted to be I wanted to orient the bike more to off-road just because i'd rather sacrifice some speed on the highway for like comfort and ability off-road so i don't go that fast but then i can get more places basically fuck i felt like you're going fast yesterday man (laughs) (laughs) i was on the back some of those corners were revving out of i was like i was going from um this is fun to oh i'm a little bit nervous here (laughs) but you're coming out of the stone too yeah yeah i was liking it (laughs) but i was getting a bit nervous i was like fuck like well where are we going? 100k? I don't know. Right yeah, we were going about one, which is, which, Yeah, that's what I was actually thinking. Of. That's kind of like normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you didn't have a helmet on and you're on a motorcycle. Yeah. That's pretty stupid. In Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> With you driving. <laughs> I was a bit stoned too. Damn it. Hey, hey. Mom, I'm being very responsible <laughs> in Mexico. Don't worry, Mom. I had a helmet on. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Self-reflection. Like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done uh, that. Oh, fuck. No, no, I do fine. a lot of that on this trip. Because when, when you're in a helmet by yourself with the wind for, like, days. Maybe he's going to bring us some beers. Please. Oh, nice. The key's in the door. Good <laughs> Oh, hashtag Brenny, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just pause it. Okay, unpause it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just rode to town yesterday, but... No, it was actually pretty cool when we first met you because you, you rocked up um, in Latikla, yeah, um, looking for some trailer fins because you yeah. just bought a new board. I just traded a board straight across. Yeah, yeah. But um, and I noticed straight up that you had this bike with all this like added stuff on it. So mm-hmm. how did you plan? Okay, so you've got your bike and you yep. realize it's gonna 
you've got to modify it to go through these certain conditions that you're going to ride through. Yeah. But then you've also got to figure out what you're going to take with you. Like, how did you figure that out? Yeah. Like, what, it, what, like, what was the process of actually thinking, well, if I'm only limited to, to a little motorbike, mm-hmm. to like... Well, basically, I, f- I was like, okay, I'm limited to about 90 liters of space when it comes down to it, which is a big backpacking backpack. So I knew I didn't want to use hard luggage because if you fall and it, it like breaks and it's heavy and it can break your subframe and my bike's not built up to carry soft hard luggage. So I went with this really small soft luggage, um, the smallest I could find. So it's like 19 liters on either side. And then I put a backpacking backpack, like a dry bag convertible or um, that converts to a backpacking backpack on top um, just because I know I want to take some trips later on. Um, and that came out to about 90 liters of space. Um, and then I kind of just thought to myself, okay, what climates am I, am I going to be in? Were you also working with weight? Like thinking like how much the bike can handle? Yeah. I was thinking, I basically was like, I'm going to try and make it as light as I can, but I'm going to take what I want. I wasn't counting ounces. I wasn't, um, being super techie about it. Um, I was kind of just like, I'm going to take what works and we'll figure it out. So what does work? Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, basically I brought my backpacking setup from when I was a kid. So I used to do, I grew up doing a lot of backpacking in the Cascades and it just less is more, the less you bring and the more comfortable you're end up, you're going to be in the, in the end. So I brought like a stove and uh, a cooking setup, a sleeping bag, a tent, a pad, and then like your personal items. Yeah. And that was it. When you said stove, can you get gas? Like, is it a gas stove? Yeah. So like I ended up, I used a stove that I got when I was in Boy Scouts when I was a kid. Um, and it's an MSR Whisperlight International, like a really old one that the jet in it works on gasoline, white gas, kerosene, or jet fuel. Um, and you can probably find one of those for any town in the world. Um, and I end up using gasoline a lot and I just pull it straight from my bike. I just unhook the fuel hose and drain it straight into the stove and then cook. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. So yeah. Okay. So you got a cooker, pots and pans. Yeah. I got one, two, no, I got one. 1.8 1.8 liter pot that every that all my pots and pans fin, fit into i figured i'd be kind of meeting people along the way when you're i love traveling solo just because you meet so many people so i wanted a cooking setup that allowed me to cook for at least you know three or four people so i brought like two bowls the the bigger pot that i could find and then a nice little eight inch pan that everything sits into uh and then i brought what else i brought a coffee maker because i'm kind of addicted to caffeine and, uh, oh, that's like a brilliant little filter that you pull the hot yeah, water in yeah. we've been using it. Yeah. And it's super reusable, and you can use it for a lot of different things. Yeah. You don't have to just use it for coffee. Did you do some practice trips to make sure you had, like, all the right gear? Or, like, have you have you overpacked and had to throw shit out? Oh, fuck yeah. Um, I did I did a couple Baja trips with uh, the same camping setup, and then I did one Baja trip with the motorcycle camping setup, just kind of full trial run. Yeah. And then I did a bunch of little weekend trips around Oregon as well. Um, and I definitely had too much every time. Yeah, and right. I, I had too much when I came on this trip. So I've been leaving stuff at every kind of place I stay and realize I don't need something. Anything that sticks out that you thought you needed that you actually just don't? I thought I'd use binos a lot more. And binoculars? I, yeah, binoculars. And I wasn't using them at all. So I left them in Santa Cruz, um, which was pretty early in the trip. But I still don't, I don't think I'll need them really until I get in like more remote places in South yeah. America, I think. I don't are know. You, like, are you scared? Like, aren't you nervous, like, once you cross that international border, like, coming from California, or even in California when you're camping everywhere, yeah. are you ever getting nervous, or are you ever thinking, like, like, what have you planned ahead, like, do you have 
have you gone through scenarios like if you do get robbed or blah blah, yeah. blah like like do you have a knife near you are you planning this or like reading every situation like what are you prepared for in this yeah i mean i i kind of wanted to just put my trust into the universe a little bit but yeah. th- that doesn't mean i haven't thought about a lot of things and overcalculated everything um so i'm not super scared but i definitely think through scenarios and i got um I downloaded an app, iOverlander, which is super helpful when camping. It talks about different camp spots in pretty much all over the world. And it kind of talks about safety, what's available there, if somebody's going to come by and charge you and stuff like that. So I use that to kind of cross-reference where I'm camping. And then I also just kind of believe in talking to people. So luckily my Spanish is pretty good because I pretty much go into um, the little store run by an old lady because there's all in like these little coastal Mexican towns, there's always a little store run by an old lady. And old ladies are, are usually really sweet people. Except for the one we met yesterday. Yeah, she was, a bit, she, she, she was a bit grumpy. Uh, old lady. Oh, oh, man. She hated America. Oh, she absolutely hated America. She loved everyone else, but yeah. she didn't. Well, she liked us. She yeah. likes Americans. She just hates America. Yeah. Or the She's United real States. Angry. Sorry, I, the and United I couldn't States. speak, I couldn't understand what she was saying in Spanish and at, at one time, because she was like real nice and at one time I was like, She's screaming at Eric. <laughs> she angry. <laughs> and then he translates. He's like something about the dollar. Oh yeah, she, no, she didn't. She hated the dollar, how mm-hmm. the currency worked, and how it made people. Yeah, that's what she hated. She, yeah. she hated the idea of the American dream, which is work more so you can have more, so that you can work more, so that you can have more on top of the more you already had. And now you're going to a minimalist, so you're going the opposite yeah, way. Yeah, right? no, I'm like getting rid of everything <laughs> I ever had, so that I can not work at all. Did the movie? Wait, what was that movie where if minimalism? No, um, where the kid walks to Canada and then into the oh, wild. into the wild. Did that have anything to do with his trip? Because like no, <laughs> no I, keep, I, mean, I keep meeting people where well, that movie inspired him so much. And now you're already saying like before this other guy inspired you, but like where did you have it in you just to just go and just be free? I mean, I read, I I saw that movie growing up, and like I definitely was super stoked on that movie and was like, oh, that's freaking epic! Like I want to do something like that. But I wasn't thinking about that in this trip, like. This trip's kind of about surfing as well in the sense that I just want to get waves as much as I can every day. Oh, I was going to ask you, before when you said um, 18 months for the trip because of surf season. Yeah. Now, why are you following the surf seasons down? Yeah, I'm trying to get a good swell season in every kind of region. Not necessarily every country or every spot because it would just be impossible, but every region. Um, And... Kind of so getting north swells, starting off in the early in the beginning of the trip. I leave. Pass this joint to yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pass that along. There you go, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You might as well just finish that off. Good. Yeah, I think we're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. We're the same type of high. Yeah. Um. Swell seasons. Yeah. So I, I left getting the tail. <laughs> yeah. So that that actually you would have had to have planned. The exact timing to leave California, to leave, oh no, to leave Oregon. Oregon yeah, so I, I, that's, that was a bit of a conflict in my previous relationship actually, because I was dating this girl and she really wanted to come, and she couldn't leave until summer, and I was kind of like, yeah, but that puts the whole trip out of swell season. Which and is kind of part of the, the trip. Lineup, which, the trip is about surfing, otherwise I wouldn't have surfboards on a motorcycle, because it's kind yeah. of uncomfortable. Didn't, weren't you going to have like another little you got a bit of a passion as well. There's something that you're trying to spread with this trip. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing a beach cleanup the whole way. Um, so every time, I spend, every time I spend some time at a place, 
it's a terrible sentence. Um, every place I spend some time at, I want to do a beach cleanup and uh, pick up as much trash as I can. Uh, just because I think that as tourists and especially as surfers, uh, we end up leaving a lot more than we take kind of yeah. thing. Um, we leave a lot of trash and we create a lot of trash that then gets dumped into kind of inefficient landfills or stuff like that. Um, and I kind of wanted to mitigate my own uh, impact as an individual on that problem yeah. by just doing a beach cleanup everywhere I can and kind of lead by example. It was It's not really my goal to be um, kind of like an activist or on a crusade of any sort, but I just want to, you know, do my part to not leave as much as I take. Was that part of the 16 year old plan or is that something that as you evolved as a as a marine biologist or just as a surfer in general you started seeing that oh yeah one of these cords are buzzing again is it because you're running off battery huh no i don't know it's just there's one because i have so many cords and they're all the same <laughs> <laughs> is it okay. my headphones no 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 you gotta continue okay um yeah so that definitely wasn't part of my 16-year-old brain. I was pretty selfishly thinking when I was thinking of this trip back then. I was like, oh, I'm going to score surf and there's going to be a lot of tourist girls to hit on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 16-year-old you, of Yeah, course. exactly. And, and now, as you, grow, as you grow, you you learn passion. Yeah, and then once I really got into surfing on the Oregon coast, I kind of started seeing how the Oregon coast would change. And, you know, I'd see some trash left behind and I just, oh, I know this is from a tourist. I know this isn't from some local who like left their you know hot dog packaging at the beach um this is definitely from a tourist so i was like mad that people were leaving trash behind on beaches that they weren't theirs kind of thing and it's like wait i do that every time i go on a surf trip because like maybe i don't leave it on the beach directly but i put it in their trash can and if it gets ripped or you know whatever happens i'm making an indirect or direct impact on that beach just like the tourists did in oregon so it's like I, I wanted to mitigate that and then kind of as I went through surfing and then I got into marine biology and started studying like um, conservation issues of the ocean in particular. I was like, oh, fuck, plastics are a major issue. Um, and then I kinda, it kind of got reinforced in me. Like at first I was just like, yeah, plastics suck. You shouldn't have plastics. And then kind of like watching the cockfight, I like experienced the other side of it where I was like, oh, no, plastics have a legitimately yeah. harsh impact on things that I love. So yesterday we watched a cockfight. Just um, yeah, it's, it wasn't something that I wanted to support. It was just something that I wanted to experience because it was happening. Yeah, I've and never it seen reinfirmed. Them. Yeah, we'd never seen it, and, we, and it just reinfirmed um, that we don't like them. <laughs> I want to support them. No, it was just it was more like a curiosity to understand a different point of view. Whereas like yeah. someone with a different political aspect, I still want to yeah, exactly. learn about what their aspect is and maybe see things from their point of view. Like change my position a little bit to see and then kind of be like okay now i've seen both sides let's make a educated decision here yeah so it's kind of just like i was curiosity i guess yeah so <laughs> how many months are you into this trip i'm two months i'm only two months in so you're two months in but I'm what's fresh. happening in those two months so you left oh, oregon because oh, we're, yeah. we're halfway down mexico right a ton now of stuff's happened in two months. what's the plan for the trip and what has happened there's two big <laughs> topics there oh those are, so the, yeah. the plan is to drive the obviously to patagonia is to get down to patagonia uh and then surf some epic waves in Patagonia or try and serve some epic waves in Patagonia um, I also want to get to Tierra del Fuego I met these Argentinians on the tip of Baja 
uh, fucking sick. We, we got really fun waves, nothing epic, but just really fun. And we were camping on the bit on the beach every night and having asados and cooked a whole lamb over a, over a fire for like six hours. And it was delicious. Did a bunch of acid one day. Like these Australians <laughs> were a great time. And they, they're all ski instructors in Bariloche in like Patagonia. And they offered me like to come stay with them and oh, really? I can use their skis and we can go skiing and How's shit. this zone that you're in right now? It's just like the world is your oyster. You can just literally, whatever gets offered to, offered to you as an Take experience, it. you're just like, yeah, well, this is going to be the experience. Yeah. I'm just going to, and do you find you're just doing that, that you're letting yourself, like when you met us and we're like, well, we're going to go south. Is it, do you find like just jumping onto things? It's like, yeah, no, you, in the beginning I would actually say no to a lot of things. Even though I knew I was on a solo trip and I wanted to say yes, I was kind of in this zone where I was like, no, I need to move south and surf it every day and be on my budget and I kind of for the first three weeks of the trip maybe I was in this short trip mentality where I had a schedule and a plan I had to stick to it and then after that I was like okay no no no, I'm on a longer trip here I can just relax and let things happen yeah and then once I let go of like any timeline of like oh fuck I need to make the ferry by the end of April or like something like that I was just like oh I'll just take it off to opportunities and my head started just spinning around and then I just like sat down and realized like this is that yeah this is epic. it's like it's let cool. the experiences take you traveling yeah you know what i mean like let the interactions that you have take you traveling like if you meet someone and and it goes on intuition as mm-hmm. well like you meet someone you're vibing on them you're all having a good time they're going somewhere you're like oh it's a bit out of what you're going to do but it's like the experience that it might end up being you know it's just yeah. like saying yes to those things just not having an, a set agenda so like part of the idea is that i don't have set dates or set times or I'm not going to meet anybody anywhere because I can do that. I can let the trip tell like guide where the next place is. Like the trip is just going to figure itself out and I'll just yeah hold on for the ride. Have you any wild things happen? Have you nearly fell off your motorbike at all? Two there months in, like, you've, you've how many miles? How many kilometers? Miles? I don't kilometers? know. I don't know K exactly, but never have done so far. I think I, I've done six thousand miles from home so far. And you're going to do fourteen thousand in ju- yeah, man, you know, fourteen to twenty six thousand, like fourteen to twenty five thousand in total. Because I didn't really factor in in the fourteen thousand miles of Chile thing. I didn't factor in the return trip to Colombia up the up South America. Oh, so that is the plan. So you you want to go down to all the way? Yeah. To so I want to get down, and then I wanted to surf South Swells through Mexico and then um, Central America and then surf South Wales again starting in Chile in the very early season South Wales and then ride them up as they get more consistent and bigger. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, because Patagonia can't be too big, eh? No, it's real fickle too as if it gets into like late fall and winter. It yeah. gets like the weather will change faster than... So you know, if you're winter. camping on the beach everywhere right now and right now you're pretty loaded up and you've got... Um, I don't think you said it on this, but you said it before. You got two sets of clothes. Is, is yeah, that I got I got two shirts, uh, one long sleeve shirt, one pant. I only have one pair of pants, and then two boardies, and that's it. Yeah, right. So well, I got some warm weather clothing too. This, you do any? Like, I got I got a puffy and a nice rain jacket, and then um, like the a, long sleeve shirt's kind of thermally, so yeah. kind of. So, so, but what like, about when you have to? If you're going to be doing Patagonia or yeah. South of Chile, then that's wetsuit, booties, gloves. That's a yeah. lot of and thicker clothing. Yeah, so I'm gonna have a care package mailed to probably Chile to the hostel, at Anton's hostel. Yeah, probably gonna have a care package waiting for me there. That's gonna be kind of like colder weather gear. Yeah. But how are you gonna travel with that on your bike? Well, 
you thought about that? Like just like like kind extra of. There, seven kilos, maybe. Yeah. Like, well, it's, I don't think it'll be seven kilos. That's pretty heavy. Because really, I just need insulation. Well, that's just what I posted home the other day from Mexico. Surprise! <laughs> no, it was just like two jackets. It was just yeah. some of my gear from Iceland. Yeah, it was like two yeah. jackets. Uh, oh, my boots. Just yeah, my boots. They weighed yeah, like three true. kilos. Well, the thing. So, like my boots, my moto boots. If I, I've got nice thick wool socks with me, and I can double up on two pair, like a thin and a thick pair of socks, and the, the moto boots are leather and waterproof, so they would they'll kind of work in the snow. But the uh, to get like all the wetsuit and stuff have that mailed to me i've got the backpacking backpack that i talked about earlier that's on the top of the ba- the bike it's never packed to its full capacity right now i only pack it at about half capacity the reason i brought it a big one is so i can do backpacking trips and then so that when i carry extra gear like if i go shopping and i fill up on fruit or something like that i can extend that out to 65 liters and i have an extra 30 liters just sitting there unused yeah. so you've really at all yeah, times. you've really thought out this trip like everything that you've bought you really planned like what you might end up doing like yeah you're gonna go hiking like i want to be prepared for anything yeah so like if some if someone offers me like a hike up a volcano for three days it's like a, you have to camp on the mountain and shit i, I can do that because i'm i wanted to be able to do that yeah you just got everything is there anything that you think you need that you don't have like something that would come real yeah really handy definitely the warmer weather gear later in time i don't have it yet and I'm kind of like, oh, fuck, it's going to cost money to mail it and shit like that. And then a spear gun, when you when you kind of started mentioning it, um, the, having a spear gun would be epic. Oh, you don't have to do that. Actually. <laughs> I was just saying it. I was trying to block the wave, sound of the wave. I put my hand <laughs> next to the mic. And I'm so stoked. I was like, oh, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're using our hands. Oh, fuck. Um, no, but I, like catching my food... And especially through Baja would have been really epic because there's some sweet spear fishing in Baja and then all through mainland and probably and right in Central too. America too. I've yeah. been trying to sell it on you. I've been trying to say like, because in your board bag you can slide you can, in some I flippers. Can fit one in there. Yeah, you can just slide in the flippers and put a gun in. And if you're just using a Hawaiian sling, that's real light. Yeah. You know? There's so oh, much fish man. here. Look at that snapper that was down the beach yesterday. Was, True. And that island off Mar- Marawata? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, you should start spearing. Man. Maybe I should get a spear gun. I think it's, what's funny is that as soon as I met you, I was like, oh, I'm doing that trip. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> it's like two years. I'll, Great I'll get your bike. Yeah, yeah, I'll get, I'll get bo- the bike off you and just go back north. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll sell it to you in Ecuador, and you can go just down do and then the up. opposite trip. Yeah. God. So um, what does your mum think about this? Oh, she hates it. She wants to get a tracker implanted in my foot. She was like, I know it's illegal technically, but she was like, I know a surgeon and I know a, a veterinarian that'll give us the tracker and I will make like this Like as happen. in scared that you might get kidnapped or something? Like no, what's- she, so she, she was like, no, nah, I don't even care if you die. I just want to get your body back. She was like afraid she was never going to see me again. Oh, so right. like, she was like, she was like, I don't care. Yeah. I, I get what you mean. <laughs> she's gonna care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's gonna, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously she but cares. I get what you mean. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um. Yeah. So she doesn't like the trip too much. She thinks being on a motorcycle is stupid, and she thinks uh. Well, it's the risk factor. Going the that calculated far, risk factor. You're going stupid. through all these dangerous countries. Yeah. I no, noticed that you had your K bar, K bar knife right, right next to your right hip. Yeah. It one it it worked out really well to pack it there, just because it was hard to figure out where to pack a, a, a nice knife. And uh, having it right there is also just really useful in like everyday situations where I need to open a plastic package or something like that yeah. but then it's also if I'm like rolling up on a dude to ask him directions and he thought crosses his mind like oh maybe I can rob this guy 
Like I, I kind of yeah. have like it's not he a can weapon, see it. but it's like a no. Knife. But banditos right? can see that big knife sticking mm-hmm. out. They're like, oh, this guy. I have some buddies that they did a van trip north, and they went through a zone that they were that was like started getting super, super, super sketchy. So they put they had a machete in their van for like cutting up and cutting open coconuts and stuff, and they'd put it on the dash and like because one of the locals told them to do that. Yeah, they were right. like, put put your machete on the dash so that people can see that you you can't get robbed by another guy with a machete. So are you understanding? Because like we. Okay, we're in Mexico. Yeah. We hired a car the other day. We had it for half an hour. We drove from the car rental place, parked to check the surf, got out, looked at the surf, 10 minutes, came back, got in the car. The window had been smashed and a whole heap of stuff had been stolen. Yeah. And like, so that happened in half an hour and we had to take the car back in another car. But like, like it was a re-reminder to us. Like, a, yeah, it reminded us to remind... Yeah, that we are in Mexico mm-hmm. and that we are in a place that like um, is known to be dangerous. Yeah, kind of thing for tourists. So it's like, I don't. Know, like, it's it's no, it's true. Like, you got to think about that. But at the same time, like I feel I felt more sketched out leaving my bike unattended for five minutes in like parts of San Francisco Bay Area and parts of like Los Angeles and San Diego. Like, I'd leave my bike and I'd come back and be like, okay, cool, check everything's there. Here, like I'll leave my bike to go to the bathroom or take a piss or something. I come back five minutes later, and I'm not even worried if something's missing most of the time. Now, if I go for a surf, you know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, where did I leave it? So I usually try and ask a restaurant owner, like, hey, like, is it cool if I leave my bike here? Can you lend an eye to it? Like, can you keep an eye on, on my stuff while I go surf? And usually they're like, yeah, yeah, no, it's all safe. Or they'll, they'll usually be really honest and be like, no, this is kind of a sketchy area. Maybe you should go park at that restaurant because they'll, they'll watch it for you. And that's happened much? That yeah. Happen? Every, everywhere I go, I, I always ask the old lady in the store, like, hey, how's the area? Can I camp here? What's it like? And, you know. Sometimes I get, oh my gosh, you can camp anywhere, like go camp on the beach, it's epic, nobody's going to bother you, someone might say hi, that's it. And then some places I've gone, they've been like, uh, I wouldn't camp on that beach if you want, like you could maybe camp over here and that'd be okay. And then I had one lady offer me her backyard and I just slept under the mango tree in her backyard. Really? Yeah, because she was like, nah, it's kind of sketchy to camp on the beach. And I was like, man, I was like really hoping to camp in this area. And she's like, you know what, just come back camp in my backyard. And she ended up like, we ended up making tamales that night and like having a good time and... And I, I slept under a mango tree, filled up on mangoes the next day, and took off. Really? Yeah. So have you found, because of the trip that you're doing, like being such a nomad, um, have you found that people have been opening up their arms to you because oh, you ton. are like that? Yeah, because I try and, like, just talk to people too, especially the locals. Like, I try and talk to them whenever I'm able to. Um, so people kind of take, I think they take pity on the, on me a little bit because they see that I'm on a motorcycle and my shirt hasn't been washed in, you know, a couple of weeks, and I look pretty grungy yeah you've been um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they they kind of I, I hadn't shaved i washed your shirt time. for you yeah you did <laughs> i was doing some laundry but like, come on man give me that shirt <laughs> Fuck, yeah it was pretty bad right then but um no I, I think that because of the trip that i'm doing alone i barely have anything i'm on a motorcycle it's kind of sketched out um people are like oh man this kid might need a bit of help yeah. So, have have you had any dodgy situations? Like any situations where you've been like, yeah, like fuck, this is like, this yeah, kind of. So I was at La Cruz actually, which La Cruz just north of Busadilla is, is supposed to be a nice little area. Is that on Baja? The Baja? No, point? no, no. It's um right next to oh La Cruz uh, north La Cruz. of Salida. Yeah. No, yeah. south of Salida. Oh yeah, yeah, on the bay. Yeah, the next spot. Yeah, yeah really good waves there. There can be. Yeah. Yeah. Not Santa Cruz. La Cruz. North by Busadillas in between Puerto Vallarta and La Lancha. Oh, okay. No, yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah, like an hour, 
from yeah okay no, no no um so i was there and i was sleeping on the sidewalk in front of this actually marine biology institute that they have there um i was on the sidewalk in front of it sleeping and then the next day i woke up and i was like okay cool that that was fine that was why'd you choose the sidewalk <laughs> <laughs> the beach was like the high tide kind of came up to the rocks and i was like there wasn't a really good place to sleep on the beach so the sidewalk was right there and it was, it was a dead end street with this like gated institute of marine biology at the end so like nobody no traffic or anything you like they're my people and they're my people and i actually talked to the the guard at the gate and was like hey is it cool if i like sleep in, under the street light and they were like yeah yeah that's fine like we'll kind of keep an eye like someone's out here 24 7 so if something really bad goes down like we have a security officer you know i was like okay cool so the next morning i woke up it was all good and i was hanging out at the beach and this guy comes up and like he starts like lighting up a bowl and passing it to me and i'm like okay cool i guess like a local mexican kid is giving me a bowl i guess i'll smoke it with him and then i kind of start asking him about his life and he's got all these like scars everywhere and like red kind of open sores and i can tell he's kind of itching them and he's a little bit shaky and he's like he's kind of jones and he asks, starts asking me for money and he's like what do you like can you have some money i'm gonna go get us some more like weed and some other stuff and i was like no i don't, I don't really want any more like i'm cool i'm just kind of chilling and he's like oh no come on like I'll get us some other stuff. It'll be great. And I'm like, I'm like thinking to myself, like, what is this other stuff? Like, what's this kid, what's this kid want? And he's itching and he's starting to bleed from like his sores are like, they're open sores and he's itching them and stuff. And then, um, some local Mexicans come to the beach to do, to just have some beers and, um, have some Cokes and stuff, not Coke, but have some, drink some Coca-Cola's. And, uh, they start talking to the guy and being like, Hey, like you should go home. Like your mother would be ashamed of you. And they all know his mom and they know him (gasps) and they know that he's like, they were like telling him to get away from me and then they, like i was like hey like what's going on like and, i don't really know this kid and you could understand that because yeah because i know the spanish yeah. and they were talking to him in spanish and yelling at him and just really harassing him and i was like hey like i don't really know him like he just came over to me and he's they're like no don't worry like we know you're not associated with him like his he's fallen off the deep end and gotten super involved in like kind of gang and drug just has a huge drug problem and owes a bunch of money to like some dealers and stuff like that and is now thieving to make make money to like yeah. pay off his dealers and stuff like that so they they kind of like apologized to me and like i was like okay cool like i'm cool i don't feel so bad now like isn't that brilliant they yeah. can speak spanish i'll be standing there so like unknowing yeah. <laughs> sitting there it's like see it, cha- it changes the <laughs> trip. it changes the trip completely yeah yeah but uh i was kind of sketched out staying there again that night because he he walked by like three times while i was sleeping under the street light and he'd walk over and be like hey man like He'd, like, try and talk to me again. I'd be like, oh, I'm kind of sleeping right now. And then he, he kept walking by, like, all night long. Could you sleep that night? No. I didn't I didn't really sleep. I kind of, like, I'd, like, get, like, you know, 15 minutes of a nap, and I'd kind of, like, wake up and look around. So did you just leave that area the next day? I did. I left the next day. Well, I got on Tinder the next day. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, you're having a good time. That's the thing. It's the whole part of, like, being young and free and, like, ha- going on a trip the thing is it's like you go on this trip this is what I think about traveling right it's like you've fallen in love around every corner yeah and I just mean with everything with, with the, the experience the waves, with the, place, the waves the beach with, the, yeah the, like the this people. little kitchen downstairs yeah. I've fallen in love with that place yeah that meal we had last night yeah it's just holy fuck yeah ex- exactly and it's just like having all these experiences and like yeah. and part of that like especially for you like you're young you're 24 you're riding down your motorbike and it's like that's all part of the experience too is to meet locals friends mm-hmm. like to make friends with people and also relationships on the way yeah dude you could find your wife down here 
<laughs> you're like well, ultimate love story next time I see you it's like yeah I made it halfway dude <laughs> this Colombian <laughs> everybody always says Colombia when they make that joke yeah they always say Colombia yeah well, I'm kind of stoked beautiful people I plan on spending <laughs> some time there actually yeah, yeah. you might find your wife <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh yeah see see yeah so do you think you are you prepared to get robbed like how do you lock your mm, stuff yeah like are you have you prepared for that okay doing your trip it's like for me and now i do want to do it it's like i'm not scared about running out of money or scared mm-hmm. about crashing the motorbike or yeah. scared about like i don't know getting lost or anything but the thing that you're scared about is the fact of getting robbed or and, like or like no trip. but no but just not even like as in like kidnapped or like right. something really severe going down yeah. just like i'm not super worried about anything super severe going down um like you do read headlines sometimes of like two dudes on a surf trip in mexico you well, know, like the two sure. aussie guys like yeah they got 10 years shot ago. up and we'll set five and they found the van that was like burnt down or something like that it's kind of not yeah i but, don't know what the story was yeah, like, i don't know if they found it doesn't or know yeah. what happened anyway like no, I'm not super worried about extreme cases like that just because it's similar with shark attacks. You know, we're surfers. We think about sharks sometimes. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, there's there's some sharky zones. Like, Oregon's a sharky zone. South Africa's a super sharky zone. And this guy I was talking to from South Africa the other week, he's like, yeah, but the chances, holistically speaking, are so low that if I worried about that, I should really worry about crossing the street because you're going to get hit by a car more likely than you're going to yeah, get attacked by a shark. But it's also, I suppose, that balance and reading the situation. Like, do you... We, we're driving a car, a car across it across Mexico right mm-hmm. now, and um, we've decided we're not going to drive at night. You know, yeah, like that is I, like a yeah. calculated risk for us. We're like, okay, well, it's pretty dodgy at night, so we won't drive at night. Like, mm-hmm. is that something for you, like as well? Yeah, no, I definitely I made the decision not to drive it not to drive at night if I don't have to, like absolutely have to. You can't always control every situation, but um, I also don't. I also kind of think to myself every time I see like a military stop or maybe some like a speed bump that's not really a speed bump that someone just piled some dirt in the road um every time i see that situation i like don't assume the worst but i'm like okay if i have to turn around right now and go really fast the other direction or if i have to slow down and then gun it out of the situation like where's my outline where's my like line which line am i going to take and I don't necessarily think that's just like a Mexico safety thing. I think that's just motorcyclists always need to be thinking about what line they would take in a situation. Um, but I definitely think about that in terms of like safety and situations like that on the road. So, so far, have you had any problems with police or the, or no, the army? Or no. The, checkpoints? the military checkpoints in Baja, I've, I've done a lot and I'm pretty comfortable and I know that it's just someone that has to do their job. Um, in southern Baja, I got pulled over though near Cabo area like East Cape and I was going 72 and the posted 72 kilometers an hour and the posted speed limit was 70 kilometers an hour um, and when he pulled me over he said I was going 76 and I was like no no I'm pretty sure I was going closer to 70 and he's like he showed me the gun and the gun said 72 he had a radar gun and he was like and the tickets um, like 4,000 pesos and I was like 4,000 pesos absolutely not like that's 200 and US. 50 bucks US yeah. like there's no such there's no ticket that big so I was like no no I, like I, that's take me to the police station and he was like okay no like I was just like messing like he didn't say he was messing around but he changed the price to like 500 pesos and I was like that's more reasonable but I was only going two over so I really like I kind of argued with him the whole time and then ended up in the end pretending we just had a misunderstanding and was like 
just had this really big misunderstanding where I'd given him, I don't actually give out my real license when I'm traveling. I, I make laminated copies, like really high quality laminated copies of my driver's license. And I only give that out just because if they have their license, they'll hold it over you. Yeah. Um, yeah I've so I've, I've let a license go on Thailand actually. Yeah. It I was, yeah. I was using an old Indonesian license mm-hmm. and I gave it and he's just like, it was pretty much how much are you going to give me to get like get your license back yeah yeah no it's and the I was same here like, well, f- i'm down <laughs> yeah so i gave him that and he was like no where's your real one and i was like what no that is my real one like that's that's what they are like that's the real license and like i chalked it up to this whole misconfusion and we kind of like forgot about the price and then he came back to it for a second like you still owe me 500 pesos and i was like like no like what's going on like i was only going two kilometers an hour over and then he kind of was like okay like i'm gonna let you go this time <laughs> and he just got like tired of talking with yeah. me i think but but aren't you, aren't you scared of the cartels or gangsters okay we met the guy down the beach yesterday and oh, he had all okay. the scars over his body yeah and we started talking yeah, yeah, to him yeah. and you translated and, and it's because he was in a gang war he was in a gang war like and the guy was cutting him with a with a knife somebody was cutting him with a knife and he was chaining him um he said like of course you should have seen the other guy is what he said but yeah um someone was cutting him with a knife and he said he didn't really feel it he just got super angry and then started like chaining this other dude um but yeah he got he had these two huge lines like really thick scars across his chest and he said he didn't get stitches for him yeah well he, ha- he had him down so his no, arms he had that one other one on his stomach and his like, wrists too. yeah yeah the dude yeah he and he and he gnarly. didn't look like he looked like a nice he like guy a scrawny little like high schooler yeah but doesn't that scare you doesn't doesn't it's kind of gnarly doesn't that scare you knowing that like yeah but at the same time no because the mafia isn't involved in in petty crime the mafia is involved in like a lot bigger crime gangs yeah they're involved in like petty crime but i'm not a target like that's there was that situation in baja where that where that dude was like threatening to kill this other dude and i was like they put their camp around wait wait what happened so I was in, I was camped on in, this trip. Yeah, on this trip, I was camped in in East Cape, right? Like, I was probably 200, 300 yards from any other camp. I was in the middle of this little beach. There's a little surf spot right there. I was having a good time, and then, like, a camp spot appears on the left side of my camp, and it's two Mexican, like, twenty year olds, like in their twenties, and they seem pretty cool. And then another camp spot appears on the right side of my camp, and it's these two, re- like, with really good English, um, like gringos living that have been living in mexico and they're kind of in their 20s as well and then they're actually all buddies so they've formed their camp around my tent and my motorcycle are just right there next to each other and they form their camp around it and they have a fire literally in front of my tent closer to the water and they like meet in the middle so they've formed this square of their camp around my camp and then in the middle of the night they start arguing and fighting and um the two gringo dudes are fighting with the two mexican dudes and they're yelling and screaming at each other and like talking about killing each other and how like you don't know who the fuck you're messing with and like 12 hours i'm gonna be back here like fighting and then they go fist fight for a little while and then they break it up and then the gringos get in their car and they're trying to leave and they get their truck stuck right next to my tent and they're flooring it they don't even they're all so pissed drunk they don't even care that they're so stuck that they just keep spinning the tires and flicking sand everywhere and not even moving and then they get out and they like wake me up in the middle of the night and they ask me to help dig out their truck and I'm like I'm sleeping like I just go back to sleep and then in the morning I go to paddle out for a surf and they're like hey you have to help us like get this truck out and I was like no I'm gonna go surf and they're like no you can't fucking do that on my beach like you help us get this truck out and I looked at them I was like oh fuck like these guys were making all these weird threats last night and like super pissed drunk and they're still drinking beers and right after he said that to me his buddy 
the one of the gringo guys says that to me. His buddy walks over and pours a beer on my motorcycle, just right where the key got, like, pours like looking beer straight and, at your eye, looking straight at me and pours his beer out. Like as in like don't mess with us, motherfucker. Yeah, pretty much. Like pissing on your bike. And <gasps> like if I was in Coos Bay, and imagine like, if you're Chuck Norris in that moment, <laughs> Bruce Lee, dude. Yeah, oh, to kick their asses. Because I was just about to say if I were in like. In the states or in Coos Bay, where I felt more comfortable, more confident. Well, you would have been able to read your situation there. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't a place that you know you had to read. I had no power. You got to do a no, calculated risk yeah, there. These guys no are talking about killing each other. Yeah. Now they're pouring a beer on your motorbike and saying, "Help us!" Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Fuck!" So I actually, I dig. I start digging their axle out a little bit. I'm like, I realize that their their whole gas tank of this Forerunner is sitting on the sand. There's not even. Like, the, their rear tires aren't even touching the sand. They've created air, literally, like, underneath their tires. They're fully high-centered on their truck, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not digging this out. No way. So I sit down, and I say, hey, your gas tank is buried. I'm not digging you out. It'll take all day. And he's, he digs a little bit, and then he calls a buddy and get, like, get, starts getting towed out, and they can't tow him yet. So then everybody gets in and digs, and then he finally gets towed out, and he comes over. Oh, right when he gets towed out, I go surfing, and then I get back in, he comes over, and he starts apologizing to me. And being like, hey, like, sorry about that. And he, I think he sobered up because they stopped drinking beers at, like, 11 a.m. And I got in the water, like, right around then. And then when I got out, I think they'd sobered up a bit. Did, did that make them, you move camp? I, no, no, no. I got back in the water. He apologized. And I said, no, nah, it's cool. And then I picked up my camp and I moved, like, and, and then 400 you made, yards down the beach. I didn't even say where. I said, no, nah, it's cool. And then I just left. After that, were you nervous at all about? Like, that, you know, like, pissing off the wrong people, knowing that there are I wasn't like badass. De- actually... I mean, it kind of was a bit of a wake-up call, like, fuck. Because when I was surrounded by him and they were pour- when he was pouring the beer on my bike, I was kind of thinking to myself, man, if I was in the States right now, I'd be standing up for myself a little bit more. Yeah. I'd be, well, like, actually, I'd be like, whoa, no, fuck you guys. Like, I'm not helping you get your truck unstuck. No, I but quiet. sometimes it's not worth it. It's not worth <laughs> sometimes it. Sometimes it's not worth it. In the States, like I feel like it would have been. Mafia motherfucker. Yeah, in no, the States, nobody's into mafia and shit. Like no, that. but it's, that's because you can understand that situation mm-hmm. and read it. I know it's just a redneck even, who's pissed at me. Yeah. Here no you're even more out of your comfort zone. So yeah. you've got to play the game a bit more and you've got to calculate it a bit more. Yeah. You know? So it was a wake-up call in the sense that I realized, oh, fuck, I can't stand up for myself right here. I've got to just, okay, yeah, I'll help dig out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's um. I I even found like yesterday when we were in this town, when we yeah. went up to the next town, like kind of five minutes away from here, compared to the last few towns we've been in, everyone's been like so friendly and nice and open. And then like we parked the motorbike in the center of town yesterday under that yeah. shade of that tree, just where it happens where all the kind of local crew just hang out and drink beer under this tree. And we kind of tried to talk to them. They were real just standoffish, like really yeah. one word, and it, they didn't give you this presence. And so the whole time. Like, we kept checking on the bike, like, we mm-hmm. felt unsafe, and it was just like, yeah. Yeah, no, I know, I, like, I was, like, looking for a parking spot, and I finally saw a gap between some cars, so I pulled into it, and I was like, oh, fuck, there's a bunch of kids here, that's cool, we'll just talk to them before we leave. We'll, like, chat them up. Yeah, and bro, down with, bro down with them, yeah. They'll sure. look after our shit, Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and I was like, cool. And then we start talking to them, and it's, like, one-word answers. Yeah. And now, now I'm thinking, like, fuck, now they're not giving me anything, so I, like, locked up the back of the bike, and... And now I was like, now I had to think about that. Yeah. Kind of suck. Yeah, it was a calculated, you had to yeah. read the situation. So now I like walked back and forth, like on the other side, like we'd do our errands in a circle so we could see the bike kind of most of the time. Are there places that you're going to miss because of that danger factor? Like as in like, yeah. well, we were in Acapulco and there was a shootout when we were there. This was like, I don't know, like eight years ago, but it was, mm-hmm. but it was between the gangs. Like, that's where the coke comes in. A lot of the cocaine comes in from Colombia, yeah. straight to Acapulco. 
and I suppose they've got a tribal war over it or a constant like tribal war. Yeah, that's pretty gnarly. But um, yeah, but the thing was, it was safe for tourists because they just fought amongst themselves. Yeah, because and like that's true in a lot of places. So Colombia, I've I've heard I don't really know this yet, but Colombia is like. I'm kind of excited to talk about it with asking people down there, but Colombia's kind of turned around like it always had this really bad reputation, but now it's super safe there, especially for tourists, because although the cartel and kind of this organized drug movement still exists down there and like pretty, pretty strong, um, they crack down on petty crime to keep it safer because if it's safer, more people travel there, if more people travel there, infrastructure builds up and everybody's happy, right? So it's like they've kind of cracked down on petty crime so that they can keep doing their other business because if they if there's also no robberies and no like extortions and killings and stuff like that then the government government doesn't mess with the cartel as much either so it's kind of it works itself out over time yeah right i just figured it out it's this one remember that it's that cool. <laughs> so how's the trip going but as it by- <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it's like how's the trip going so two months in yeah no, the trip's From expectation. Going, oh, haven't been robbed yet. You haven't been robbed. Haven't been Not robbed too yet. Too many dodgy situations. Haven't been cross fingers. Too touch many work. dodgy situations. Uh, I've been, been getting good surf. Um, I've had a roof when I needed one, and uh, I've been stoked the whole time. How's that happen? Like, as in, like, do you do you get to a certain point? Like, even I, like after camping, like we're sleeping in our board bags right now, but I'm going to yeah. be excited just to get like a nice room or something for a few days just to break it up. Yeah. No. So, I did about three weeks in Baja. And then I was like, man, it'd really be nice to air out my sleeping bag fully, not just, like, hang it out in my tent during the day, you know? So that was right when I was hanging out with these Argentinians and uh, doing a bunch of ass with them. And they, one of them had a house in, in San Jose, um, Cabo. And so when, when they were done camping, he was like, hey, if you need a place to shower and get some Wi-Fi, like, you can come back to my place. And instantly I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I uh, went back to his place and spent two nights there. And then I was set again for a few more weeks. Yeah, right. And then I uh, had a place to stay in La Paz before I caught the ferry with a marine biologist, actually, from yeah. Mexico that I met in, in Scorpion Bay surfing. Yeah. What do you think yeah. makes you different to wanting to do a trip like that? To, what, to, what, makes you, what made you decide to be like, was it something that you're always going to do? Mm-hmm. Or is it what made you decide, like, you know what, I'm going to be a person that just goes and follows my dreams? You know, it's actually a little bit of a counterintuitive thing because I think the, what made me decide to go and pursue this idea of just living without an agenda and just really just going full tri- tropical brain, like scatterbrain, take any opportunity that comes mode was the fact that I'm so not like that a lot of times in my life. I'm very like, okay focus get school done focus get this job done like i'm very ocd like next the next 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 i'd never kind of sit down and enjoy the moment and then if i do a trip with there's no agenda and i don't create all these plans for myself and i just really like get stoned every day (laughs) (laughs) i slow down like i kind of just like ah have you gotten used to that but like was that a hard transition like think about you're sleeping in a tent every night you're camping for the next year and a half to to two years or whatever this trip's going to be but it's like you think about that? That as it literally? Do you get a sore back now? Like as it literally, you're just down. No, That's I've gotten I've gotten the perfect position. It was hard at first. I'd wake up a lot, and now I figured out the thermorest, the proper air pressure, level of inflation, and like position to lay so my shoulder doesn't get sore, and I I can fall asleep like two minutes. Are you having so, good sleep, spot? Having great sleeps. Is it too hot in a tent? 
Fuck. Sometimes if I, I try and open it up really early, like once the sun starts going down, I'm still not going to get in bed for a few more hours. I try and open the whole tent up and get some air movement because it does heat up a little greenhouse effect during the day and it heats up a bit. Um, but no, it cools down real quick. Yeah. yeah. In here, like I slept, I finally got a roof and slept in the bed the other night, a few nights ago. And uh, it was hot, fuck, until like 4 a.m. I could barely keep sleep. Yeah, remember right. We, like, yeah. I was stoked. I remember thinking, I was like falling asleep. I was like, man, I'm on a bed right now. I haven't had a bed in a minute. This is going to be epic. I'm going to sleep so good. And I couldn't fall asleep. I was like, I, th- I don't know if it was because it was too hot or I was just really used to my thermorest Yeah, setup. so you've gotten that used to just sleep, sleeping on the ground. Yeah. Because you sleep, the thermorest is still quite narrow and everything. It's not mm-hmm. like a bed you can stretch out. No, I can't roll around too much. And I've gotten really good at just kind of locking in and just snoozing. How does that feel? To be such a minimal, mi- minimalist, to be someone who has literally stripped themselves of all this, of all this stuff. Like, it, was it? That's what trips me. Yeah, that actually, that's what a good reminder is always for me. Is that I know that I just don't need it. Yeah, I know that I'm fine just laying on the ground, or like I can just sleep like that if I need to, or yeah. whatever. And then a- everything else is an added comfort. Yeah, the first thing I see when I wake up is my board shorts that I took off to go to sleep, and like, and then I put those on, and all I see is like my tent, and like, there's nothing there. Like, usually when I'm at home. In the States, like, I wake up, I check my phone, I check Instagram, like, I look around, there's a nice carpet and a room and a mirror I can, like, look in and be like, oh, fuck, I need to wake up and make some coffee or something. Like, down here, I wake up and it's, like, the first thing I see is my, like, board shorts that I have to put on, and then the second thing I see is, like, a river or a tree or a wave or a beach or usually, like, the salty dew that's about to drip on my face from my tent or, like, something like that. Yeah. I don't, like, see, like, things that I own. I see just, like, what's around how does that feel? Man? Feels that Do you reckon you can go back to I've gotten to, like, so stoked on it. Like, yeah. at first I was like, fuck, I need my phone. I need to see Instagram. Like, I need to make coffee and, like, get down, like, to work or something like that. And then and then I let go of that. And then finally I'm like, wow, this is sick. I, like, I don't have I don't have any worries. The biggest decision I have to make is whether I'm going to make coffee before or make breakfast before or after I have my first surf of the day. Well, it's choosing to be free yeah. while you're being free. You're living this freeless lifestyle right now where you're just like, well, okay, for the next month year and a half I'm just going to let go of everything and then it's those progressions of just letting go of everything yeah no every time yeah. I reflect on the trip I feel like I've relaxed more into it have you ever thought like do you have you ever thought about how big the point point is that you left on a trip and then who you are when you get back is going to be completely yeah. different no, like I'm the last trip I just did in Iceland I was just like I knew going there was going to change me yeah but it's just like I've grew so much and learnt so much yeah, from yeah. such a raw wild place kind of thing it's like this trip you're about to do year and a half riding a motorbike year and a half to two and a half years riding riding a motorbike all the way down to south america to the bottom of south america it's like there's no way you're going to come back the same person no and that's the point right is like i don't want to come back the same because everybody like everybody's supposed to grow and like this trip is definitely going to force a lot of growth i think which is i always like one thing I kind of like to say or think to myself, actually, just really tell myself is that, um, well, I forgot it. And I always say it to myself. <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> off. I had it and then literally I was like, oh, I'm going to say it. And it totally just shot out the back of my fucking head. You know what I always say to myself? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> just let it go. Just let it go. No, I always just say to myself, it's just like, just fucking let it go. Like when something happens and it just doesn't matter. And you're like, and that helps me experience so many things and be in the moment it's like okay yeah, for you yeah. right now like let's say you have this agenda like you haven't you planned that if you get to panama at a certain time that there's a buddy there that has a boat yeah there's a sailboat there 
that can take me that can take me from Panama to Colombia and it's like I, f- I love sailing and it can take the bike too so I could get to I get to sail around the San Blas Islands with a buddy and just like have a good time for a few days before he takes off and like drops me off at Cartagena and like I'm all sorted out and then uh and that's like a really cheap and good way to cross the Darien Gap otherwise I have to like fish around for a fit shipping container with a van trip or like try and work it out so it's cheaper and buy a plane ticket and it's like this is just a really easy way to do it so I kind of have this little date in my mind that I have to go chase. Like, I have to be in Panama by the end of September. But at the same time, I have to think to myself, like, if I don't make it to Panama and I have to do it the other way, like, who cares? If I, like, if I choose one option over the other, like, there's always yeah. the second option. How's I was Just like, go of it. When we started talking about this, I was yeah. like, cool. That's, um, you know, just let it go. Just go with the thing. And then you yeah. gave me that option that you had to go on that sailboat. And I was like, oh, fuck, don't miss that. <laughs> That's a sick idea. That's sick, right? I'm, I'm not on that team anymore. You yeah. stick to your plan, man. <laughs> no, nah, 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 let it go. No, just no, let no, it go. follow the advice. Let yeah. it go. <laughs> See, I had to, I had to say it to myself mm-hmm. and reaffirm. Yeah, I wish I could think of what. <laughs> no, I said. that would be a pretty cool trip. But that's the thing. It's like if that doesn't happen, something just as cool, or if not cooler, is going to happen. It's yeah. like just going with whatever's happening is just going to be this amazing experience for this trip. It's going to create all those mm-hmm. experiences. Well, the thing is, is like every experience is a good experience even if it's positive or negative it's still a good experience so like there's no such thing like if something shit happens to me and i make it through and like something changes but i still make it through that was epic i learned i probably learned something i hope or at least experienced something dude you're gonna learn and grow so much in this trip yeah yeah well i suppose even now i I hope you didn't you didn't different yeah, yeah, right. I hope to come back different. What if you come yeah. back worse? <laughs> you come back just hating the world? <laughs> nah, dude, dude. I'll be jaded on my no. toe. No, don't be negative. Well, I got, I got a Baja trip in the in the reserve just in case. Yeah, so oh, no matter what, you're going to be stoked on life. No, that's the thing. Just be stoked on life, dude. Be stoked. Yeah. They're, like, it always works out in the end. And, like, that's epic. Yeah. Huh. Fuck. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna do it. Let's. We've talked enough shit, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just funny. I think it's just funny enough that we we didn't know you from a bar of soap. Actually, I didn't even know Brenton. Like, so Brenny that we're traveling with, I didn't know him till a few weeks. You ago. didn't know I, anybody in this room. Until no, I was just in Sayalita. Yeah, and then yeah, there was a couple of girls staying there that knew Brenny, and they said that I was gonna get a Pasquale's, and say, so we're like, ah, oh, we'll get a bus down together, and then it just kind of. Oh, we're gonna get a car. Yeah, then it was just kind of like just kept snowballing to like, well, we might as well just hire a car and then we can yeah. go anywhere. And now we're driving whole way down. S- and then I just needed to some quad trailer fins. Yeah, and then we <laughs> met up with you, and then now we've all been camping together. Yeah, yeah. Well, cheers. Well, that's the beauty of traveling. It's like we meet you and experience that with you, and then then you go off, and then <gasps> imagine all the people along the way that you get to ex- that meet that you meet, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so think about this. Everyone that meets you along the way is going to have this experience with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, and get to kind of, I'll get to learn from them. I'll, they'll get to learn from me and we have this little exchange. Yeah. And then they'll also have this window into my trip. They'll be like, I knew his trip for four days, yeah. but his trip was two and a half years. And then I'll get to piece together all the people I met in this like trip. So I'm doing film photography the whole way and I'm trying to shoot only like when I'm hanging out with people kind of thing so that in the end when I develop all the film and I look at it after the whole trip's over I can't see any photos until after the trip's over I'll get to like see all the people I met and be like fuck I remember hanging out with this dude in in Nexpa even though that was a year and a half ago like that was that was this trip that was fucking that was epic yeah yeah we fucking 
drank beer and smoked spliffies and surf for four days straight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was fucking amazing. Yeah. Hey, dude. Okay. Well, one thing I have to say, because I'm going to be on your mum's side for this. Be careful. Yeah, yeah. Don't ever, don't ever let your ego take you anywhere. Like as in like on the motorbike, you know, like mm-hmm. or something. Just always intuition, intuition. Yeah. Because you got to be smart, but you got to no, play the balance game that. and that's, let it go. That's true. It's true. Yeah, and let it go. That's the elder in me. Because I'm 32 <laughs> and you're 25. I'm like, oh, I got to with this young. Yeah. Girl, How was it when words. you found out I was 20? Found out my age. Oh, the thing is, everyone's <laughs> just like everyone in a travel mode. There is no such thing as age. It's like yeah. we don't put p- people in boxes. You know what I mean? It's just like everyone's just free, having fun, having a good time, interacting together. And sometimes when you find out details about people's home lives, you're like, oh, whoa, you're. You're, you're a doctor? A, yeah, you're a surgeon. <laughs> oh, like that chick, she's a PT, and you're like, can you look at my leg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, guys, he's a doctor. Oh, I've got a rash. <laughs> that doctor the other day, I was like, how many times have you, you heard seen that? This. <laughs> oh, wait, are we going to, we're going to play, we're going to play some bullshit, right? Yeah, let's go play bullshit. Let's go play some bullshit. Yeah, let's go play bullshit, drink beer, and sit on the beach. Fuck, this sunset. is fun, though. Yeah, dude. Let's do it again. Ride safe. Yeah. We should do this again sometime. Yeah, in a year and a half when yeah. you've done your trip. And you can tell it. me all the fuck. <laughs> you can tell me why you needed that knife. Yeah. I'll, no, please don't. Be safe. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you about all the vendors. Dude, you'll be fine. Don't great. crash the bike. <laughs> I won't crash the bike. Okay. Hopefully. Too yeah. much. And go into every experience. Yeah. Let and it if, go. If gangsters want to hang out, hang out with them. <laughs> no, no they're, they're pretty cool. If you get them on your side, yeah, yeah. get the cartel on your side on your way down. Fuck. Get then protection, I can, man. I can make money on this trip. <laughs> you don't have enough room, man. <laughs> no, you're right, you're right, you're right. And you go on the opposite way. Yeah, you don't, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You don't take shit south, do you? No, no, they take it all north, man. That's why uh, Acapulco is so well, dangerous. Then for your trip, then. <laughs> oh yeah, I can fund my trip. <laughs> Bad idea. Bad idea. All right, dude. All right. Thanks, man. You just said. Dari apa, dari cinta, dari apa, dari cewek Pertualangan baru di sini Dari apa, dari apa, dari apa, cinta Pertualangan baru di sini I do it like a double.